future podcast episode is going to go live as of two weeks before the second launch of by my future and it's it's exciting i gotta be honest like i am starting to feel the jitters of launching something the uncertainty of what's going to happen but also the excitement Uh, not that there's so many people that are emailing me that are saying, I can't wait for it to open, but just the fact that all of the moving parts, all the things are coming together. And I think for someone like myself who has been through many launches of many projects, you start to realize that you're going to lose control. And I've talked about this in other places, but that's really what happens. Once you launch a project, you have no more control. So you try and enjoy the time when you do have control. And I want to talk about two things that I'm not doing this year to promote by my future and why I'm not doing them. And in the previous episode, I kind of went through what my overall marketing and promotion plan was going to look like uh, this year as compared to last year. But I wanted to specifically talk about two things that one, I can tell you worked well, and I'm not doing it and why I'm probably not going to do it. And I say probably and I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. And the other that I just don't know if it did well or not. And that's actually why I'm not doing it. So let's start with the second one first. And I'm not doing a whole bunch of podcast interviews. So last year for the launch of Buy My Future, I spent a lot of time trying to get on a bunch of podcasts. And these were podcasts from people who were friends of mine or friends of friends or just podcasts that I found while searching the entrepreneur categories or marketing categories or business categories in iTunes. And I would just cold email a bunch them and just say who I was and and I had listened to an episode or two of their show to make sure I knew it was a show I wanted to be on, number one, that they had guests and just it felt like it would be a show I'd want to be on. Anyway, 62 people were on that list. Out of those 62 people, I ended up being on 28 podcasts and it was a lot of work and I have no way of knowing if it worked out. And sure, I could have created unique URLs for every podcast and I could have really tracked it, but it's just really hard even if you do create a unique URL to 100% track it because someone can go to that URL once and you could even set a cookie on them, but what if they then go on their phone, which doesn't have that cookie set anymore and you know, they buy and it wasn't through the same link. And so it's just really difficult. And I don't know, they're just, I really didn't get a strong feeling that people listened to podcasts and bought my future. And I actually had a good amount of data to back that up. I did a survey right after people bought my future at the end last year and take it for what it is because no one always remembers everything. But uh, I think it was something like 10%. And I'm sorry, I don't have the exact number, but I do remember it only being in the teens of people who bought my future out of 173. It was only like 15 or 20 at most who said that they had heard about buy my future on a podcast And you may be thinking to yourself, okay, Jason, well, that's stupid. You're turning away $15,000 because you have to remember that each of these uh, sales is was $1,000 last year will be $1,500 this year. So why wouldn't I do that again, right? And the reason why I wouldn't do it again is because even though it worked, or maybe it worked, and again, that's a big caveat for me is that I just I can't 100% pinpoint that the podcast was why they bought. Yes, they may have heard it, And that was another reason that convinced them to buy, but I can't say that the podcast was the reason. And reaching out to all those podcasts, dealing with all the scheduling issues, just going through all the loops and hoops, it wasn't fun. 
I mean, it really wasn't exciting. And listen, by the sixth interview, let alone the 20 plus interviews that I did, almost 30, I'm saying the same thing over and over and over. And I got to be honest, like that's not my favorite part of starting a project and promoting a project is repeating myself over and over. So I'm just making the choice of even though that might help and that might work, it's just something I'm going to omit from this launch. And I also want to do it because I want to see what happens. I want to see if I can notice a difference. And if I don't, then I know, okay, that's good. I made a good decision based on the data I have and I'm glad I didn't waste all that time. If I maybe do see a low amount of sales, which I don't think I'm going to, as I've said on other episodes, then maybe I'll say, okay, for next time I do it, I got to beef up the podcast interview stuff and I'll you know, suck it up and I'll do it. So that's kind of one of the things that I'm omitting for the launch. And the second thing that I want to talk about is Facebook ads. And I think Facebook ads are just this enigma. They are this this weird thing. I mean, if you've ever tried to create your own Facebook ads, then you know how much of just a ridiculous, weird system it is. Um, it's changed so much over time. Like I just like, logged in for the first time probably in a year, and I didn't do the ads last time, and I'll talk about that in a second as well. But it's just like, it's always changing. It's always looking different. It's hard to keep up with. The ad sizes are changing. I mean, I know that everything changes on the internet, but it just feels like the Facebook ads manager is constantly evolving. And maybe that's good because it's it's probably one of the best spends that you can make in advertising right now. I truly believe that. If you want to spend money, Facebook ads is a fantastic place to do it. My friends actually at uh, needwant.com, I think they exclusively sell their Peel iPhone cases through Facebook ads now. Like that is, I think, 100% of the revenue driver, maybe not 100, but very high, 70 to 80%. And that's just data that I think I had heard, and I'm sorry if it's wrong. Anyway, so let's get back to the Buy My Future ads. So let me talk about what happened last year on Facebook. So I hired someone that came recommended through somebody else. I think I put a call on Twitter of, does anybody know anybody who's Facebook ads wizard or something? And I got recommended to a person. And unfortunately, uh, he's traveling. He's actually not picking up any extra work. He's not even available to do my ads again, even though he could probably just turn them back on and do it again, which is why I'm not going to mention who it was or recommend them. Not because I'm mad, not because I don't want to, but just because I know that he can't take on the work. So I don't want to send work his way when I know he can't take it. But anyway, so there was a person and he had another person that worked with him who managed the ads for me. All I had to do, and I'm 100% serious, was uh, give them some copy. And that was basically the sales page that I wrote or had written anyway, and some photos. So they asked for a certain type of photo for certain types of ads, like the time was winding down or you know me with a weird background or me holding up a sign or something. And I think I probably sent them 30 or 40 photos just from my iPhone. I was traveling at one point and I remember them uh, emailing me or texting me about the, these clock photos of like, you know, a couple hours left or whatever. And so I just scrambled for paper in a hotel room and drew a clock and took these fun photos. And it was really silly. And that was basically like the extent of work that I had to do for the ads. This is why you hire someone so they can do all the campaign creation, all the different ad sets, all the different types of ads within the ad sets. I mean, it's, it's insane. But I want to tell you what the ads did last year. So in total, F Facebook advertising drove 21 conversions, which I can track through the Facebook pixel of someone completing a purchase and getting through uh, the Gumroad purchase basically through Buy My Future and then hitting that Facebook pixel and that pixel then says, hey, this was a confirmed purchase from someone who came from Facebook. And that was only through retargeting. 
So the huge caveat to the Facebook ads is we ran some campaigns to drive traffic, but there were no conversions based on the traffic-driven campaigns. There were only conversions based on the retargeting campaign. And if you're not familiar with what retargeting is, basically if you go to a website, like let's say zappos.com, because we're all familiar, or Amazon, and then you go back to Facebook and all of a sudden you're seeing those shoes in the right column or in your newsfeed or that book you were just looking at, and you're like, how do they know? Retargeting, that's how they know. They set a, a pixel on you and it basically creates a cookie and then it remembers you and then it shows you content based on where you've been. So we did that with Buy My Future. We tracked everybody down. That's how many sales, 21 total sales. So Facebook advertising drove $21,000 in revenue to Buy My Future last year. And the costs were actually really, really ridiculously reasonable. So my biggest expense with Facebook ads was actually paying the people to run the ads. And I paid them per conversion and then a setup fee. So my total cost for the Facebook ads being run, paying that company, paying those people was $5,250. So if you look at the 21,000 in revenue I made, let's take that down to 16,000. So now you're probably wondering, all right, well, how much did you have to pay in ads to retarget that many times and all that stuff? So I only paid $993 in retargeting ads. There was another $400 that was spent on just regular ads, but they didn't convert. So I kind of don't count that, but $993 spent to make $21,000. Talk about a really good return on your investment. So why the hell would I not do it again? Well, to be 100% honest, it's because I lost my golden goose. Uh, I lost the company that was going to do it, and I really honestly just didn't feel like scrambling to try and find someone else to set it up. I mean, it, it felt really difficult last year when I was trying to find the right person to do it, and I don't know, it, it just was one of those things where I was trying to weigh the options. I'm like, okay, and again, maybe this is just where I'm so different from other people is the amount of work and stress to find another company and get it set up and make sure that I can trust them and that I know that they're going to show up and that I'm going to spend money and it's going to work. Could I miss out on like $15,000? Maybe, but I also think that being that this is the second time this project is being run and this is why I'm kind of leaning toward just hinging on my own audience showing up for me and the buy my future buyers who are going to be promoting this as well. I can sacrifice 40 sales from podcasting and from, or podcast interviews, because I am podcasting now, but I can sacrifice those sales from podcast interviews and from Facebook ads and make them up in my own audience that has been and has seen by my future in the past year, has been exposed to it, I was going to say, in the past year. And that's a gamble that I'm taking. And I'm kind of purposefully doing it because I want you guys to know what happens. And I think that so often in business, we have these moments come to us or these these little things that show up and you don't know if the gamble is going to be worth it. And you really wish you could have been like, well, I need the money more than I can take the risk. So I'm just going to do the safe thing. I'm going to I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to do the Facebook ads. I'm going to do the podcast interviews and I'm going to, you know, make some money. I'm going to kind of guarantee that I make it. Well, I'm in a more advantageous position where not that I don't need the money per se, but I feel like I can be a little bit more flexible. And listen, if I miss out on 40 sales this go-round, it's okay. I can know that for this launch and I can go, all right, this launch I did with no Facebook ads, no podcast interviews, I sold less, 
Those are things I need to do next time, and I will do them the next time I sell by my future. Because you know what? It's a big world out there. Facebook's not going anywhere for the next year, probably. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be around for the next 10 years. Who knows? But they're going to be there. I can still do it again. Podcasts are going to be there. These things aren't going to disappear. And I think a lot of times when you're creating something and when you're promoting something, you tend to feel this real like scary urge that it's going to slip away if you don't take advantage of it now. And I don't feel that. I feel like I can try something this go around. And I was actually just talking to my buddy Paul Jarvis this morning about these things because he's currently launching a, a course of his own for a month. And it's just, it's nice to be able to say, I don't have to do everything. I can learn from this experience and I can see how it works. And the thing for me, and I think this is what this all boils down to, is I want to trust my audience. I want to trust that I have built the right audience of people in the Action Army in the Buy My Future early signups, on social media, that I can just use those platforms, I can leverage those audiences, and I can put Buy My Future in front of them, and they will show up and they will purchase it, and things will be all well and good. We will find out. I have no idea if that strategy is going to work. Maybe I will chicken out. And so that's why I said probably at the beginning of this, because the one place where I can all of a sudden just flip on the idea is Facebook ads. I don't know. Maybe someone listening to this is a Facebook ads expert. They love it. They want to make money from helping me do these ads. They're really good at it. They, they specialize in retargeting. Sure. Reach out to me. Hello at jasondoesstuff.com. Let's chat. Maybe I'll just have you do it and we can make it happen. Um, and that's why I say probably because maybe a day or two before I, I'm going to go back on this, you know, that I, I said this now and chicken out and be like, okay, I'm going to do the Facebook ads because it's almost guaranteed money and it would be a little bit silly not to do it because it works so well and it's very affordable, yada, yada, yada. But for right now, I'm feeling ballsy. I'm feeling like I can live without the Facebook ads with this launch and we'll see if I can stick to those guns. And that's really what I wanted to talk about on this episode. And uh, this Thursday, I want to talk about some more questions from the Buy My Future existing buyers and some of the things they've been asking. And then we will be one week away the next week. And so I'll probably start doing maybe an episode a day in the lead up. Maybe not. I don't know. I still haven't decided. I like that I'm just kind of like flipping on the microphone and recording and uploading this and people are getting what I'm feeling like putting out into the world this time around. If you have any questions about the Buy My Future launch or anything that you would love to hear me talk about that I haven't talked about, shoot me an email, hello at jasondoesstuff.com, and I will do my best to answer your question before this thing launches and on this podcast. And I appreciate you guys listening. And make sure to go to buymyfuture.com, sign up for the pre-launch list, and you will be able to purchase my future for 1500 bucks between September 20th and October 4th. And I will see you, well, not see you, but I will talk to you in a couple days with another Buy My Future episode. To the future, my friends.